Hello, welcome to Greenhouse Live after the uh, rather gritty win against the Tigers. Uh, a, a tough game, um, which uh, took a little while for us to, to get there, Matt. But um, look, I, I thought I thought it wasn't a classic game, but the Tigers came with a clear game plan right from the start to to grind through it, and <laughs> and I don't think they had a lot in attack and and. They were they were happy to turn the ball over early, um, put the pressure on us, and um, force us to have to have to play from from the back half with, under a lot of pressure. And and um, they did that well, and and it took us a fair while to shake that. Yeah, they certainly wanted to play no mistake football. They wanted to sweat on our errors. They were happy to kick early, all those sorts of things. Um, to be honest, it's a very Melbourne Storm like. Yeah. way to play is and, and that's to play it at the other end of the field and, and sweat on the mistake to get the points. Um, in the end, that's essentially how they got them. They got us down the other end, they got a good couple of sets on us and then got a little bit lucky that Scott couldn't take that ball and Brooks cleaned it up and scored. But, you know, sometimes that's going to happen and, um, you know, kudos to them really. I mean, um, I didn't think they had that sort of defensive effort in them, the Tigers, and um, they held pretty strong. Yeah, but I thought I thought it was a good second half performance from us. Obviously, four 0 down at half time, but but I, I have to say I wasn't particularly worried at half time. I thought that I thought that um, we hadn't played particularly well, uh, but I didn't think there was going to be a lot of points in the Tigers. And and I think if you look at it, they they played a, a game style that was was reasonably effective for a while. But as soon as we could get on top. I didn't think they had a lot in them. In that, in that they had, they got one try from a from a, a good kick from Reynolds, but Scott really should have taken that ball. And here is just on the TV now. Um, Scott really should have taken that ball, and you know it's come down. Brooks has Brooks has gone over. We've had uh, a fair bit of play uh, towards the back half of that first half, where we had um, a lot of possession. We they they defended quite well, I thought, but we. We made a couple of blues and, and and dropped the ball a couple of times where I think we were pretty close to breaking the breaking the wall, yep. and um, that meant we were four 0 at half time. I think probably probably one of the the lucky ones was was that uh, play just before half time where Nofalum has just gone over the line. If um, if he scores there and it becomes eight nil or ten nil, it's suddenly very different feeling at half time. But at four nil. I thought we were still well in the game, even though we hadn't played particularly well. Yeah, no, um, I mean, at, even the commentators were saying it throughout the game. It was an arm wrestle for that, uh, basically the whole first half. Yeah. Um, neither team really threw anything else um, at each other. There were no, no real trick plays, no, no uh, tricky kicks, no early kicks close to line trying to catch defenders, you know, doing anything like that. Um, it was just a genuine arm wrestle. And um, I... I th- <clears throat> I'm not overly fussed about the win. Um, you know, two points is two points. You take it, you laugh, you know, you walk away. Um, premierships aren't won this early in the year and an ugly win is as good as any other win. Um, so, you know, take it. We'll look back at it and go, OK, we got the two points that we needed. We're now four and one. We won't worry about it too much and we'll just keep plodding along. Oh, look, that, that's exactly right. I mean, as I said to you, the the, the thing you're trying to do is hopefully win... You know the best part of um, 
the best part of seventy-five uh, percent of your your, your your games to to hopefully sounds fine. Yeah, to hopefully make. <clears throat> you know, I see there's plenty of comments coming in already, which is great. So please do that, and we'll get to those. Um, you know, hopefully you're going to win sort of. Hopefully, you know, we're going to make top four. Hopefully, we're going to um, win sort of seventy-five percent of our games. To mm. to hopefully, when we do that, we'll make top four easily. Um, you you do that. You you might win in the twenty games this year. So if you can win fifteen out of out of twenty, you're not necessarily going to win fifteen of those in in great style. So um, you know this this is not one that we'll be talking about in three or four years' time as a classic. But it's another two points on on the road to where we're trying to get to. And you know we we came up against a side today that had a clear game plan. You know, and I said to you during the game, I think if you actually look back. And think about the dropping of Benji Marshall. That in some ways, in some ways, they maybe you know it sort of came in their game plan. And I think mm-hmm. Reynolds coming in at in in, in five eight, um, they wanted to be a bit stronger in the defensive line. They wanted to get through the sets. They wanted to have a good kicker. And they did all of that. Um, Maguire's a good coach, and, and clearly they wanted to to sort of use their strengths. And they and they they knew they were probably lacking a little bit in in firepower. So they did that. And that allowed them to be very competitive with us and go with us for a long time. But but I always felt we had points in us and um, we got those in the second half. We did. I mean, um, no doubt that Benji Marshall's a more flashy player than Josh Reynolds. Um, I thought it was really harsh because I think Benji's been just about their best player uh, to this point. But as you say, they wanted to play an up-tempo, dogged um, style of football which suits Reynolds to a T so that's that's the reason for the switch and that's he fits the game plan better than Benji does and so I can understand why Madge has made a very tough decision there um, I must admit I was a little worried throughout the game that our attack looked very clunky um, and eventually we only scored points because Packer ended up in the sin bin but um, you know as I say two points is two points it's a win it's where we want to be um, I think there's going to be a few battered and bruised bodies tomorrow and, and in the future because Jack being one of them. But, um, look, a win's a win and we'll get ready for next week. Yeah, plenty of bumps and bruises, but I think pretty clear apart from that. There's certainly some black eyes that aren't going to look too good tomorrow, but um, I don't think there's any too, sort of long-term issues there. Um, I know probably a lot of people are probably watching us with um, Fox on in the background as well, so a really good photo just being taken there, I think, of... All the boys in the rooms with um, with Ricky's 400th game. We'll, we'll get to that, um, but yeah, no. Look, in the second half, we I thought we started quite well right from right from the start of the second half. I thought I thought Sutton and Gula gave us a really good platform as as the forwards in in the at the start of the second half, and then a really quality try from Jack White um, to to get there. I I, I at the time. Um, Thought we may be a bit lucky there. I thought that Whitehead made some contact with Reynolds, and we've scored right in that spot. Now we watched the replay of that just after the game, and I think, and because the referee didn't go to the video or anything like that, they went straight to. Um, this might be hard to compete with. Ricky's about to be the press conference, and people press your pause on Foxtel. You can put pause on Foxtel. It's, it's, well, you can probably press pause on us too, but you can't make comments and do it live. So Ricky won't answer your questions. We'll answer yours. So, you know, put just, I know that's on. Put pause and you can watch that later. Um, the, um, the the try from White, yeah, I, I thought Whitehead may have had an obstruction. I'm surprised it didn't go upstairs. I think probably when I look at back, I think it was probably okay. I think there probably wasn't a lot of contact, um, but a really quality try. 
I think I think for the second try we got a little bit lucky. The first one was a make up for the throwing one the the pass into the first tier though. Like he about a minute too earlier he'd thrown one the cutout pass when we were starting to look good, which went yeah. way 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 behind um, Rapana and into the first first row. Um, so I think that was sort of a I'll take it upon myself to make up for the mistake sort of run. So that's what you want to see from your half. Yeah, no, that's, that's, look, that's, that's true. But, I mean, we know that Jacko makes some blues and then that's going to happen. So um, that was a real quality try. I thought, I thought we were probably, at that point, we started to get on top and, and we were probably a little bit um, fortunate, I think, even for the second one, as far as um, the, the Rapana penalty in, in the first place, I thought was probably a bit line ball. It could have been a knock-on. Um, now, now we got the penalty, and because of that, we then quite tried to take the quick tap, and Packer um, gave away clearly a professional foul. I don't think they could argue at all that that was uh, ten minutes in the bin. But, but if if they don't give away the penalty, that that professional foul doesn't happen. So um, we probably got the rub of the green a little bit there. Um, but we we get that we get that um, we get them down to twelve men. We then use that very smartly, and George Williams on the third tackle, really smart kick to where they've they've pushed over their defence to to fill that hole where Packer is, leaves him a bit exposed on the on the left on side, the left, yeah. and really great kick from Williams to to put Kotrick in. Yeah, look, it was pinpoint kick. I mean, the the space was there, and um, he sucked the defenders all the way up. So he did all the right things. He then just had to thread the needle and. Um, as we've seen from his kicking game to this point, it's it's all been pretty much pinpoint. So um, great kick and good finish. Yeah, and then and then from there we, we I didn't think we played great for the rest of that ten minutes where we had uh, the opportunity. We yeah. we conceded those two points. I can certainly understand why Tigers took the two at that point. I think to get back within six and also and more probably more importantly to, to wind some time off the clock. Um, they were happy to do that, but but from there, I still didn't think the Tigers really looked like no. like hurting us, and and even I think probably we were sitting here with five or six minutes to go, and and we we're pretty relaxed about it, which which a lot of the time, if you look at where we were at sort of last week when we were we were probably about ten points down with about five or six minutes to go, we still gave ourselves a chance. I didn't really think that we were in too much danger there. We had we got that we got that. Um, we got the penalty. Croker kicked a good goal from 30 metres out. I thought he hit all three really sweetly tonight. He did. Um, and um, from there, I didn't really see how they were going to, at, at an eight-point lead, how they were going to get two tries. I thought, you know, they could always get one one lucky one, but um, I really couldn't see them getting two. And, and I think we just ground the game out from there and, and when we're pretty solid. Yeah, look, I mean, we talked about it at half-time. I thought the Tigers had some oranges football in them if they needed it, and um, that it didn't really happen. There were, there were a few offloads at one point there where I think we counted three or four in, in the space of three or four tackles, which, uh, which I thought, oh, well, here they go. They're going to start chancing their arm here. Um, Joey had one went forward, one went lost, and one went nowhere. Um, I thought his brother was really good tonight without really sparking anything. I mean, Tarpany cut him down in that first yeah. couple of minutes, and... Um, so he nearly scored very early. Uh, but I was surprised that there wasn't more second phase from them and there wasn't more having a go like that because that's the way they've been grinding it out and whatever. But once you get behind, at some point you've got to pull the trigger and say, OK, we've got to have to do something to get back in this. And um, it never really came. But you're right, I, I, didn't, feel, I didn't feel threatened um, but at the same time, as I say, it was frustrating to watch us make dumb errors right at the end of the game. Well, I said that to you during the game. I said said early on, 
this is a game plan that, will, that they can do if, if, they, if they're in front or they're about level. And at, and at 4-0, obviously, it worked for them in the first half. Um, whilst it was, you know, even at 6-4, they, they could still do that. But, but once they got behind and they had to try and find points, I couldn't see how they were going to change their game plan to be able to do that. Now, I can understand why they went down that path because they got beat by the Titans last week. Um, they hadn't played particularly well. So, so, and, of course, we've absolutely monstered them over the last couple of years. So, so we've, been, we've just blown them out of the water when we've played them the last couple of years. So the fact that they've gone to that, that way of playing is not particularly surprising, but, but it was a way that um, once we got in front, if we were smart enough, and I think we are a smart football team now, if, if we're smart enough, we, we go ahead and we, we win that game and... You know, as I say, it's not necessarily one that'll be talked about in in years to come, but it's but it's another two points on the journey. Yeah, and it, and it just increases that um, hoodoo over the Tigers. Yeah. Um, I think they said it right at the start of the game. We won something like eight of the last nine, so it's now nine of ten, I think. Um, and we all know that scoreline in those games is crazy in our favour because we've thrashed them a few times in recent years. So the fact that they've they've got within a score here is is Big credit to them over twelve months. Yeah, and often there's yeah, that's right. Often we've scored a lot of points against them. So, um, look, I thought I thought our back row was good tonight. I thought both Whitehead and Tarpany yes. were very strong. Um, I thought that they uh, they were they made a couple of really good tackles. They set well, up. Tarpany's king of the tri so at the moment. They were pretty tough. Yeah, Tarpany's Tarpany's king of the tri save. So he doesn't mind getting a bit lazy in defence too and giving a couple away too, but. Um, he um, he has made a couple of really good try saving tackles. Um, you know, we, it was a solid performance around the ground without being spectacular. But but even right from the start, and even though in the first five ten minutes we didn't have a lot of the ball, I did start. I did. I said to you early on. Yeah. I think, said I think I think we're actually a bit more on today. Yeah. We haven't had much ball, but but we didn't quite look like last week where we looked pretty flat right from the start. Well, the difference today is our defence looked good. Yeah, our defence didn't look like it was lazy. It didn't look like they weren't interested. Um, they weren't making dumb errors. People weren't shooting out of the line. Everyone was covering, scrambling, all that sort of stuff. We definitely looked far more switched on. And then um, when when we got when we got to six four, all of a sudden the tempo in defence picked up too. We started started rushing them some more. And then after the second try, we really put the foot on the throat and we really started to step up. Like there were a couple of times there where they were kicking inside their thirty today. Um, I mean, to be fair, we we had a couple like that ourselves, but. Um, I thought the defence today was rock solid and, and can't complain. That's, that's you know, premiership-style defence. It's great. Welcome back to anyone who didn't listen to us and uh, watched Ricky's press conference and turned us down. But um, he's gone now, so you can listen to us. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't have to listen to James Hooper. Go ask um, John Bateman what he thinks of James Hooper. But... Um, yeah, no. Look, I think it was it was solid. I don't think there's probably a lot more to be be said about that than than that. And and we've we've got another two points before and one. That's where we want to be. Um, obviously, um, milestone game for Ricky today. Four hundred games. Not many people have done that. I think there's only about eight people that have done that before him. And his Clepton ledger above fifty percent. Yeah, just above fifty percent. I'd like to think that he'll he'll keep that well above fifty percent with the team he's got at the moment over the next couple of years. But. Um, yeah, he's you know four hundred games. Obviously, not all of them anywhere near all of them for coaching us. But but to do that and to to be around for that long and to and to you know have plenty of ups and downs and being being at a couple of clubs with in a fair bit of trouble, um, it is a great achievement. Obviously, a good achievement here to get to where he's got to here because you know he had he, he 
there's, there's other clubs that he wouldn't have lasted where he was at after probably four years with, with us. I think, I think it's fair to say that he he came in where we were we were struggling a bit. I know we we played finals only a year or two before that, but but he, he inherited a team that, that was a little bit fractured. Obviously, the the Dugan, the Ferguson um, things, Milford leaving. Um, was was um, really hurtful. I know Milford played the first season under um, Stewart, but um, we really were struggling at that point. I think he probably didn't have the players that he quite wanted. The structure wasn't quite what we he had wanted. To turn over a lot of popular yeah, players, and too. then obviously we had a really good year in sixteen, and then and in seventeen eighteen weren't particularly good. So there's plenty of clubs that would have probably pulled the trigger there. We're a club that don't don't tend to do that, and and that got enormous <coughs> amount of uh, comments on um, on greenhouse over the time, but. But I think he's he's really found his place now, and he's certainly very popular with the players, and um, and probably 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 coaching at his best, I think probably because I think he's I think he's mellowed a bit. I think he's he's not probably the sort of coach that he was early on, and the coach you know when he coached Origin, um, I made the comment that you couldn't coach a club side like he coached Origin because he was just wound up like a top. And that's all very well for three games, and they were, and they were a t- side with New South Wales that were a fair bit behind the quality of the Queensland side. So the only way they were going to win was to probably be, you know, out enthused the Queensland side. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a pretty good job at times to get reasonably close with that. But he's come back with with Parramatta, where I think he probably understood where they were at. And I don't, I don't think he's genuine when he says he was planning to be there long term. And then th- things happen, and he and he got the opportunity to come back to us. But but I think he really is coaching his best now, and it's it's probably um, taking him the four hundred games to, to get to his peak. Yeah, well, I I believe he's now second to Tim Sheens as far as coaching us. So yeah. so that's pretty huge. I mean, we know how Tim Sheens how long he hung yeah. around and how how successful he was. So that's that's big kudos. As far as the Parramatta stuff goes, um, I've got a couple of Parramatta fans that hated him at the time, but since. Since he left, look at how well they've been going. So he did all the right things for them as a club, even though it hurt at the time. It took a little um, while to do well, that. Well, I mean, they had a couple of it's, 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 that, but... You know, he's been gone, what, five years? And now they're where we, where we are. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah. So we won't talk too much about that, but I, I think a few of them have finally conceded that him turning over the squad was the best thing for them. Um, okay, but, let's get to the comments. Um, as far as his coaching goes, it was interesting. I actually talked to Shillington on the other podcast during the week and um, he said exactly what you did in that when he first came into coaching, he was very much a, um, I'm going to be the scary guy and you do what I tell you because otherwise there's discipline coming. Um, but since coming here, he's much more the family man, much more the likeable guy, revs you up when you need it, but, but lets you go when you don't, um, which I thought was really interesting insight. And, and you know, as, as Raiders fans, we've seen that ourselves. Yeah. So I'll let you read through that and I'll hold on and, this And the other, the other thing I'll say, say about, um, about uh, Stuart too is he's, he's very popular with the group and um, he's, he's, brought, he's clearly brought, a, you know, despite the fact that he's coached 400 games and coached, you know, three, four other clubs before this, um, or three clubs, three, three clubs, and, New South and Wales and, and, and Australia, um, you know, he's brought that Raiders passion there. And, and I don't think that you'd ever find a more passionate Raiders person than Dave Furnett. So to, to then sort of step that up even more, I think mm. that, um, that that's, that's been really good. And I think you know, the fans love that. Um, Stephen Roach, presumably not the one that's talking on TV at the moment, saying tough win Raiders. Uh, I think Steve, that Steve Roach would be saying that anyway. Uh, Sam's saying uh, Chance looks like he's down on confidence at the moment. Curtis Scott is to like to be 
I think there's a bit of typo there. Something about bringing the ball back to the too line. Light. Is it too light to be bringing the ball back? Oh, yeah, well, well, we talked about that last week. I'm not too sure. With with Leilua leaving, we, we lose a little bit about the the back-end carries because we love to use the backs to have the back-end carries. And, and you're right, I'm not too sure that Curtis Scott's the best player at that. Um, he's certainly nowhere near as good as Leilua at that that. that piece of work. Croker doesn't pretend to do that. So you're relying on Rapana and um, Kotrick to, to do that. So um, it, becomes a, it becomes a back three rather than a back four. And we've had a back four for the last five years with Joey there rucking it out. So yeah, it does, does it add an extra element? And certainly Nick Clockstead's not the guy that does those hard yards either. So um, no, I think, I think that, um, that, that, that is, that is something we've lost a little bit. Well, I think Curtis Scott will be a good player for us. He's made a couple of errors so far, but I think he'll be a good player for us. Um, but he's not, he's not the, his ball carrying from the back is, is not his specialty. I, I would say back to back to back to back, two hundreds from Clockstad would argue differently well, as far well, as his so charge. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> well, sorry, no, no, no. That's not, not what I mean. I don't mean he doesn't. He doesn't make plenty of meters. He makes a lot of meters, but he, but he's not the. Second tackle, and neither should a fullback be this either. He's not the second second tackle of the set. Makes some hard yards. Whereas what we do is our forwards are normally quite slow to get back, and we expect the backs to do a lot of the hard carries. And we've done this for, we've done this for a long time under Stewart. I I was very critical of it under. We're probably when we had guys like Boyd and um, and Paulo. I think they, at times they frustrated me. They didn't get back. I think now what we see with someone like Papali, the work that he does. You don't necessarily. He's not necessarily the sort of guy you want to be wasting on the first or second tackle either when you do the hard yards. Louis and Soliola don't particularly turn around that quick, so we need the backs to do that. Um, so I can understand the way we play, um, but Curtis Scott's not your necessarily your man to be doing those hard carries. Whereas Joey Leilua is almost a prop build at times, so um, he could do that. He could do that. So and Nickel Clockstead makes a lot of meters, but he doesn't make a lot of meters. And you're not, you, they're not the stats that are going to come up because you're not only making five or ten metres. Mm. But they're almost like prop carries. And you see all the teams do this, Warriors do this a lot. They're almost prop carries done by your outside backs. And that's probably fair enough these days because your outside backs are as big as your props most of the time. Well, no Faluma and Talao did it for them today. So, you know, same, same. Yeah. Uh, Brad saying, got no fingernails left. Well, yeah, I'm not too sure I'd, I'd necessarily 100% agree with 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 that, as I say, I felt reasonably comfortable most of the game. Uh, Dom's asking about what we thought of Charles Nicholas Clockstead's game, so I think we've just covered that. Uh, Luch is saying we need Bateman and Young. Well, Bateman we're not going to have for a while. Hudson Young is now available for selection as of next week. Next week, um, <coughs> you're actually asking me about that during the game, and I told you I'd talk about that later. <laughs> but um, look, the, the situation with Hudson Young. I, I, look, um, I would have thought that uh, with Horsburgh out, if um, if he had been available, he probably would have played today. Um, but I think there's, I think there's potentially a bench spot for him. Um, I think they might look to, to have him back. I think there's been some commentary about on the greenhouses. You know, should he be? You know, should the Raiders have him come back? I don't think there's any doubt about that. The the, the reality is, well, first of all, the Ra- the Raiders went and challenged that, and I thought actually felt they had a reasonable chance of of getting off that. So so the Raiders actually don't know how deeply they thought this, but they thought he was innocent. So, so first of all, so you're not going to punish the guy further. You also, you also, um, you know, we've known since um, September that he was going to miss the first five games of this year. Now, no one, no one in their wildest dreams ever thought that round, you know, the round. first five games was going to be mid June. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's missed a huge amount of football, um, 
and you're not playing Mounties at the moment. So, you know, if, if, if he's in your best side, you're going to bring him straight back into the team. So um, now whether he is, I think, is, is a little bit debatable about exactly the balance you want to have, but um, without too many other injuries at the moment. But, um, yeah, if, if, if you think he's in the best side, I think you've got to play him. There's no question about that. And I think, I think he'll, bring, he'll bring something. I'm not too sure I'd, I'd take um, Tarpany out of the back row at the moment, though. Um, but, and you'd think Horsburgh just, if, you know, you never quite know exactly whether people are telling the truth, but if it was just Gastro this week, you'd, no reason why he wouldn't play next week. And I thought Sutton came back well for his first game tonight. Yeah. Look, um, I said it on the greenhouse. I think this is a three-part question. Firstly, do you think the blokes earn his stripes? Now, as we say, you, there's no reserve grade to go and earn your stripes in reserve grade, but he's also had this COVID period where everybody's been training. No one can play football now. So my, my thing is... Did he earn it on the training paddock? Has he earned it via whatever punishment the club's given him? And as we know from the launch, he was um, being the slave to uh, Whitehead and Bateman at that night, picking up all their rubbish, which was pretty funny. Um, the second part is Tarpany at the start of the year said, I want to play lock forward. I want this to be my position. I want to lock it down. Now, we tried to do that by pushing Horsburgh to the edge. It didn't work as a team. Tarpany's gone there. He's now played there for what is it, five rounds, and to be fair, he's looked really good, especially the last couple of weeks, um, especially defensively. I know you, you question some of his laziness at times, but I think he's got four, four try saves in three games or something, so that's, that's pretty amazing. Does he want to stay on the edge or does he want to move back into the middle? And, of course, the third and ultimately the most important thing is what does Ricky think? Does Ricky think Tarpany's best position is to be on the edge right now, given, especially given the way Horsburgh's played this year, or are we going to revert back? Because um, I think Young has a few of Bateman's traits. He's got quick feet. He's got aggressive. He's not going to back down. He's a very solid defender, and he's very mobile. Um, he doesn't have the X factor that Bateman has, but not too many back rowers do. So to, to me, at worst, he comes onto the bench and adds versatility because he can play on the edge or in the middle. Well, he's not, he's not taking Bateman's spot because Bateman's obviously not playing. So, so he's not competing with him. But, but to me, Horsburgh's been terrific at lock. Obviously, he didn't play today. And then I think Gawler and Soliola have been terrific coming off the bench. So Soliola started today and probably didn't quite have as good a game as he has done no. coming off the bench. So I think Gawler and Soliola have been very good off the bench. I, you know, I, I, I still think there's a really a spot for Ryan Sutton because I, I, I think he was very unlucky to miss out the back end of last year. Um, I actually also think that probably when he started at lock last year, he was probably that was probably when he played his best games, including the one against the Tigers. So um, yeah, look, the good thing is there's competition for spots, and obviously we've got competition in the back line as well with with Rapana and Simonson now there as well. So um, that's that's good. So we've we've got we've been obviously Bateman's injuries sort of got worse as we go, but but we've been pretty fortunate apart from that that we we go into next week. Um, and a couple of really tough games coming up um, with a pretty strong list, I think. So it's good that there's going to be some competition for spots. Uh, John saying, not a great spectacle, uh, but they're the results we need. Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, Lenore saying, Havili was awesome in the second half, taking take control of the game. So he delivered a bit. I'm not so sure awesome, but he but he, he did a job. He, he, he's in his, what, three years playing for us, he's never not done a job. Again, we talk about unlucky guys back into last year. Um, he was pretty unlucky to to sort of get squeezed out as well um, to uh, to not be able to play the the um, finals. We're about to have our fans come past, so we'll we'll say we'll make them all say hello as they and give us a wave as they go past. Um, 
Um, um, look, Havili comes on. He plays an up-tempo middle role. Um, I, I really like him as a, as a little pocket rocket. He, he plays that sort of same Brandon Smith role um, as, as he does at the Storm. Um, I, I like him because he does bring energy and he does have an offload in him. Um, I haven't seen a lot of that offload lately, which is the only downplay, but I haven't seen a lot of offload from our whole team lately, which has been a bit, bit stressful, give or take a Horsburgh on the first tackle deep in. Anyway, we'll ignore that one. Yeah. Um, um, keep going. So, uh, Lenore's saying such a physical game yet, yeah, no question about that. Uh, hope we recover to be ready again for Manly next week. Yeah, look, I think we're, I think we're actually in a reasonable sp- space with that. I, I, think, I think there were a couple of knocks and bumps and bruises that looked bad, but I'm not too sure we actually got any other injuries, so I think we're, we're pretty good there. Uh, Patrick Jones, nice to see we us grip that one out. Good comeback after last week. Uh, boys showed some class tonight. Yep, we should, we did that. Tarzo saying uh, that was a very brutal game. Best moments for Pana try-saving tackle. I think that's the one on Nofaluma just for half-time. Yep. And Jack White's try in our defence. Uh, I think Steve Spencer was going through the KFC drive through apparently when um, White crossed the line. That's good. Uh Finger looking good, even. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, John McCluskey thought Emray, Sutton, Siva were very good and Raps needed to start. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about that at length last week. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be something that's be interesting to see how that goes forward. Um, uh, yeah, Tarzo's certainly right. The NRL's tough. Anyone can win. Yep, so every win's a good win. Uh, Sam's also told me, we haven't covered this, but Sam, it's, it's very dewy and it did certainly look um, like it was is heavy. Certainly, we've had some heavy dews here, although maybe more frost actually. But uh, uh, we need a few day games on a dry track. Uh, we play four o'clock next week, so that probably gives us that chance. Uh, Michael Van E. It was a hard fought match, one for Ricky on his four hundredth first grade coaching match. Jack was the difference. Uh, Alexander saying McFadden has made a huge difference to, the, to our defence. I think we talked a lot about Cappy last year about the. Um, the uh, strength that he's given us, I think he's been very good coming coming back to us uh, and, and probably a, a lot better assistant coach than probably what he was a few years ago by his own um, admission, having coached a side for four or five years in, in New Zealand. I think Michael Ennis helps in that department too. I think he um, when he comes down, he, he yeah. does help with the hookers, obviously, but defence is his second sort of fiddle thing, so I think he, he helps there too. Yep, yeah, no, we're in a good spot there. Uh, Gareth saying good to have some tough games early. Uh, yep, we're doing that. We're 4-1, and one, which is great. Uh, Tyler's saying, where do you think Canberra will finish this year? Can anyone stop the Roosters in Parramatta? Um, look, Parramatta are looking pretty good, aren't they? They're 5-0, and oh, and in a shortened season, that's, that's a good spot to be. Um, they're almost halfway to the finals uh, already. Um, I think they're going to be a pretty good side. Uh, the Roosters clearly are still the benchmark, even though they lost those first couple. Um, look, I, I think we can make top four again. I really do. I think I think we're I think we're one of the top sides. So um, my aim really is is to probably make top four. I think we saw last year that once you make top four, the season can turn on on what happens in that first week of the finals. So it's probably not the be all and end all whether you're first, second, third, or fourth. But uh, being top four is is critical if we're going to have a real crack at winning the premiership. And let's let's hope that's where we get to. As far as who can beat the Eels, let's face it, they they only just scraped home the other night against Penrith, who I look up like a pretty decent unit um, so someone's going to beat them soon um, who's it's going to be I don't know but I think we can beat them yeah they're, they're, they're looking pretty good and they've got they've got again they've got they've got their good players playing well so Moses has been very good Gunnison's been very good I think Palo's Brown's got, been got very back. good Brown's too. been very Brown's a good player 
um, got you know got back to, and I think Brown's playing a bit more sensibly now too than what he did. He was a real hothead, um, particularly in juniors coming through. I mean, no, no, I was talking about Dylan, not oh, Nathan. Oh, Dylan Brown. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown's a good player too. Well, but... he's been suspended the last two or three games too. He only came back last last night. So as I was just saying, he hasn't been disciplined at all. <laughs> mate. He's got suspended. The same old Nathan Brown as it's been all the time. It shows how much I've watched of that. Okay, there you go. No, Dylan Brown. Oh, he's he's a good young player. That Dylan Brown. He's um. Yeah, you know, and, and teaming with Gutterson and um, and Moses. Uh, and Moses, yeah, they're um, no, they're, look, they're they're a good side, but but we get them in a couple of weeks, and, and we're going to know a little bit more about our side in the next couple of weeks too. We've got we've got Manly, who I rate very highly as well, mm-hmm. and we've got um, Parramatta the next two weeks, so uh, that will be um, interesting to see how we go against those two sides. They'll be they'll be tough. Uh, another comment from Jack Elliott about uh, John Elliott, sorry. Uh, about Jack Whiten, uh, Gavin saying tough, gritty, winning, greasy conditions. We've covered that. Uh, Jan still winding down after that hard and brutal 80 minutes. See you out there, Jan, to be honest. But um, <laughs> thank you for that. No, it's always, it is tough watching. I, we know that. Um, and apparently Gareth saying Sticky said he might start rotating some players. Um, yeah, you might do that. I'm, I'm not too sure that anyone would be too keen to be rotated out right at the moment, Gareth. We've played three games back after not playing for two months, so um, I'm not too sure there'll be too many players putting their hand up to rotate. And you, with a side like this, you rotate out, you might not get back. This is something that was talked about during the COVID period, and Seabold was very for looking at rotation, and he'd, he's obviously looked into the... Uh, the soccer and and the rugby and a few other sports where where you have to rotate players out because we're not having any bye weeks this year, which means it's you know it's an eighteen week slog from here to the end, right? Well, and, then um, finals, yeah. and then four weeks of finals. So the only way for players to get a break is to be sat for a week or whatever, the, maybe two weeks, depending on who it is or why. Um, I know that as players they're going to hate it, but at the same time their body will probably love them for it. Well, I could say the last two rounds, the Broncos have been fantastic at rotation. They've been rotating all the time. Generally, generally as the defence has come past, they've just looked to, rotated and seen them, seen them going. You, you remember they beat Manly the other night, right? No, they didn't. You've had a shock. Now, I've had a shock about Nathan Brown, but no, they didn't. They lost. Manly came back and won. By two points. And I expected by 30. Shit. Sorry. We're right on the ball here, aren't we? Um, they look much better then. <laughs> you, you, you. I, 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 look, fair enough. You can stuff up about Nathan Brown forgetting that he'd been suspended, but but uh, you've just gone and said that uh, a team lost that didn't win. So uh, here, we, here we go. Anyway, it's late on a Saturday night, um, and Steve Spencer saying we're back up to second. Uh, but tomorrow we'll prove our true position. Well, I guess teams could go above us. I think that's what he means there. Uh, I think we're going to play tomorrow. But um, look, that's that's where we're at. Uh, four and one is good. Manly next week. Uh, Who can go above us tomorrow? Because it's Roosters, Roosters Dogs, which that's going to be easy, and Dragons someone. Dragons are playing the Sharks, so no, none of them could go above yeah, us. So we I'm not, but I'm not, unlike Fox, it seems to be infatuated with this live ladder from round three, which I don't quite understand how, why that we're quite so worried about who's second and third and all that sort of stuff right at the moment. But um, you worry about the last five or six rounds, not now. But um, no, look, we might be second. I think we will be second at the end of the week. We're four, we, the key stats: we're four and one. So, you know, that's that's all that all that matters. And if we can stick with that ratio towards the end of the season, we're going to finish top four. 
Um, so that's that's the key. Um, Manly next week. I think that'll be. I think they'll be a tough game. I think they're a good side. They beat us um, both times last year um, in close games. Um, they, they they match up pretty well against us. Actually, they they have um, their edge is pretty good. They they've got some mobile um, front rowers that, that hurt us, um, and they've got a very good halfback in, in Cherry Evans, and obviously a superstar at fullback. Um, in Trebojevic, uh, the other bloke at Locke's pretty good too. Um, and they, they, they look pretty good to me. I know they got beat very uh, narrowly by uh, Parramatta last week. They beat Brisbane. They got uh, robbed against Parramatta last yeah, week. They, they beat... They, they, were, they were sluggish, particularly on Thursday night early on. But um, And they had a good win the first round back too. I can't remember who they played now. But um, they... Did they beat... Were they one of the teams that beat the Chooks? They did, so that was before the before the break. They lost to the, they, they they had a tough start. They lost to lost to Storm and they beat the Chooks. I'm trying to remember who they oh no, they beat Bulldogs in the game back. They won easily. Um, so yeah, that's that's um, they, they I think are a real contender as well. So that'll be a real tough game. Um, interesting news, obviously yesterday with the Prime Minister's announcement. I know we're all absolutely desperate to get back. Uh, no no one more so than me. Probably no one in the world more so than me. Um, you know, look, we would love to be back. I really, you know, I, I saw some of that rugby in New Zealand today and, and just that the atmosphere there looked amazing. Not so much whether you care about rugby or not, and New Zealand rugby is probably not something we all care about too much, but just that, 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 the joy in the crowd of just people, you know, and the excitement of people being back and I think people being free from from um, the restrictions in New Zealand it was just amazing. So it... it if you actually get to see some of the highlights of that and just see some of the crowd, that, I think, is what hopefully we're going to get in Australia again and, and, and in all walks of life. But but as far as football goes, I just think we could have... The last two or three months of this season could just be unbelievable, better than what we've ever had in football before if if we can actually get back. So I think the reality is probably we're going to um, have very few people be able to go to the game next week, even though it's a home game. Um, we then got an away game. We then got those two games in early... July that are um, currently slated for Campbelltown. I think there is some de- debate talk about trying to get them back to Canberra, but my feeling is that my feeling is that I think the New South Wales government will allow crowds of a more sub- substantial size before the ACT government is. That the New South Wales is getting the advantage of having these very small crowds at the moment. The ACT is not having that. Um, my view, and I know a lot of people will disagree with this, but if we can get crowds, more crowds at Campbelltown, I think we, I think I'm happy for us to keep playing those games at Campbelltown. Those two, those two games in early July, um, the Brumbies are going to play early July here. Bar's gone and said that you know there's going to be a very small crowd for that. I would tend to be happy for the Brumbies to be um, taking the the um, being the guinea pigs for that. And um, I know there's probably plenty of jokes being made that the Brumbies' very small crowd is all they need. But, um, but um, you know, if we have those first couple of games maybe at Campbelltown, I'd like to think that maybe if we can have 5,000 people at each of those games that probably every member that puts a hand up to go to a game, one of those, you know, if you had a situation maybe where you had a ballot sort of thing and, and you could get ticket to one game I think with a, with a two hour trip for most members you'd probably see that all everyone that put their hand up would probably get a ticket to one of the games if we could have 5,000 at Campbelltown those two games against Dragons and Storm and then hopefully by that um, 25th of July when when we're um, 
slated to come back against the Rabbitohs, hopefully will be pretty close to full crowds. And, and could you imagine how big that would be? I mean, just think, if, if that could be our first game back in Canberra with a full crowd, I mean, geez, you think about the atmosphere, that um, preliminary final night, how good would the atmosphere be? And on a cold July night, if, if we could have a 25,000 crowd at Canberra Stadium, I mean, that's just something to dream about, really. Yeah, look, I, I, my understanding was Canberra were very happy to host games here, um, even during this period, yeah. but that it was the broadcasters that didn't want to come down, yeah. which yeah. is which is why the rugby's essentially getting it before them because in rugby stakes, Canberra's a, a place they've got to travel to. So um, it's a bit like going to North Queensland as far as rugby's concerned. Um, but that's a, that's a different kettle of fish. Um, yeah, it sounds like we are going to get some crowds next weekend. Um, obviously, we had the corporate boxes this week. And, I think we're um, going to get next week too. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, but that it's, you know, the, the Prime Minister came out and said anything less than 40,000 can now have up to 25% capacity, which is, which is great news because it means we're moving in the right direction. Um, well, sorry, the prime, <coughs> the, 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 so just so we're clear on that, there's, the way I understand it is the Prime Minister said that, but like all of these things, it's, it's up the to state the states to yeah. actually make the call. And it seems to me the ACT government has been very, very conservative with all this, despite the fact that we've had you know, the best record of any jurisdiction. Northern Territory is better than us. Uh, Northern Territory, OK. But, um, but, but, you know, um, well, we've actually had zero cases. For, well, we had that one case of that diplomat. Diplomats always good, um, do us a good job in Canberra. That's another debate we could have. But... Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, we had that one, apart from that one case from that diplomat the other day, we haven't had a case for a long time. So, so um, but the ACT government does seem to be quite conservative. And as mm. I say, I think the, um, the chance of having crowds of that 25%, probably that first week of July, I would say at the moment, and these things change very quickly, it's probably more chance in New South Wales than in ACT. So, um, yeah, I... I, I I'm happy to drive to Campbelltown to go to the footy if it means I can go. It's simple as that. So, um, is my view. So, um, we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, we're all desperate to get back. It's it's good watching on TV, but it's it's nothing like being there. So, um, I think it's still going to be a little little a couple of weeks apart from maybe if we can anyone who's very lucky can go next week. And certainly, we've said before, if Don and uh, Jace or anyone like that are watching this and they want to get Greenhouse live into the ground, we'd be more than happy to to uh, facilitate that and do Greenhouse Live from outside the ground. Um, but, yeah. I think Even happier if we get to sit next to him for 80 minutes. To Don and Jase. Yeah, well, well, isn't Don being the ball boy at the moment? Well, I'm happy to be the ball boy. That's fine with me. But anyway, um, we're off track now. But, um, look, let's, let's hope we're all back together. I mean, what we, what we really want, and, and this is what you saw with, with the thing in New Zealand today, is, you know, We've got a great group of people at the Raiders, and I know when when um, when we did that, Steve and I did that thing with Dave Heaton late last year when the book came out, and we talked about just the 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 way the Raiders have been part of our lives, you know. And and for the three of us that did that thing late that night, none of us are born and bred in Canberra, and I, I made the comment that night that. Perhaps if it wasn't for the Raiders, maybe maybe all three of us wouldn't... You know, that maybe is a big reason why um, we've actually stayed in Canberra for as long as we have. So it's a massive part of our lives. I know it's a massive part of so many other people's lives that are watching this. So um, we want to be back as that group all together. So, you know, look, we'd love to be the, the one of the 200 people next week, but um, that's not going to be the same as when we all get back together as a, as a family again. So can't wait for that. 100%. Well, um my, my last parting comment will be about the couple of injuries that have happened to Manly. Um, 
Marty Tapao's dislocated a thumb, so that's a big plus for us, a big thumbs up for us because he's a very, very good player. And um, he he has indeed. Um, And, of course, Moses Suley has also done a a digit. We won't hold that one up because it's a little bit more risque for for a a family-friendly family friendly show um so there's a couple of things going in our favor there um i don't know how big an effect i think marty tapau is a bigger out for them than than suli um des is pretty good at covering the outside backs in those instances so we'll wait and see where that goes um but looking forward to next week so uh we'll we'll cut it there um and say as we always do go the raiders go the raiders